good morning, Abundant Life. My name is Chad, and this is my lovely bride, Chelsea. And we are here continuing this series called The Dance. And we've been saying that dancing is such a great metaphor for marriage. And Chelsea and I, we've been dancing in marriage. We're gonna celebrate next week 12 years of marriage. So we're excited, yeah. And um, anytime we do premarital counseling, we like to get the couple together. We'll clear out the furniture. We have some wood floors in our house. And we'll say, hey, we wanna teach y'all how to dance. And so we'll grab, uh, you know, I'll grab my dance partner and, and I'll kind of show this couple, here's guys, this is what you do. And ladies, you know, Chelsea, show them this is what you do. And, and they were like, okay, you got it. And, and it's these simple moves that just about anyone can do. And what's so funny with the, the, the young couple, they're like, oh yeah, we got this, all right. And I'm like, you ready to turn the music up? And so we crank the music up and then they're like tripping over each other and they're fumbling around and, and they can't really get it. And we say this, that this is such a great, message and metaphor for your marriage that you're about to step into. And you may not be the best at it right now, but listen, would you make a commitment to keep coming back to the dance floor of marriage? That in a dance, there's a leader and there's a follower and there's music that's playing and the leader, he finds the rhythm of the music and he leads his partner and he twirls her around and he makes her look beautiful and she makes him look amazing. And there's gotta be a commitment. But a lot of us have come in here, and when it comes to marriage, if we're gonna use this dance metaphor, we've seen a lot of ugly dancers on the dance floor. And so like marriage, there's a lot of different opinions around it. Some of us, man, we're, we're, we wanna stay away from it. Others of us, we've never really seen a beautiful dance. And, and so there's a lot of confusion. But this morning, we're gonna get into God's word, and we're gonna see what his word says about the role of a woman and the role of a man in the context of marriage. And specifically, we're gonna look at the role of a woman this morning. And as it addresses wives, Pastor Phil and I thought it would be best to let a woman speak to the heart of women. And so I've invited my wife, Chelsea, to come up here and talk with you guys. If you would, give Chelsea a hand. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you, Chad, and thank you, Pastor Phil, for letting me share this morning and your leadership in, in this church. Now, before I get started, um, I do need to make a disclaimer, all right? This morning, we're gonna be talking about a word that some of y'all might consider a dirty word, even worse than like a four-letter word, okay? This word is submission. All right, can y'all say the word with me? Oh, see, that wasn't that bad. See, it's not that bad of a word. So society, a lot of times, that it's changed our thinking on this word. And it's not a very popular thing to talk about. And even the passage of scripture that we're getting into this morning, it's not a very um, popular one to talk about. And it's been misunderstood. It's been uh, mistalked mis about. And so I just want you to come in here with this open heart and open ears to see what God's word says says about submission. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter five, verses 22 through 24. Grab your pen, grab your paper. We're gonna be going over lots of great truth this morning. It says in verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So wives, we submit to our husbands, not to all men. It says wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wise be to their own husbands in everything. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your word. 
Thank you that, that it is alive and that it is active. God, I pray that you would pierce our hearts this morning. God, that your word would accomplish what you want it to in the lives of the hearers. God, I pray that you would fill this place with your presence and may we experience you in a fresh and amazing way this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So this morning, I wanna paint a, a biblical picture of what submission is not and then what submission is. And so if you're single in here this morning, this will help you cast a vision on what biblical submission is. And then if you're married in here, whether it's been for a few weeks or a few decades, I pray that this would just refresh your, your mind on what God's word has um, called you to do and to be in your marriage relationship. But I'm so excited about what what God's word has for us this morning. So to start off, let, let's see what a definition of submission is. It, it's this word hupotasso, and it's a voluntary attitude of giving in. That is huge. It is a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. So now before you write this off as some kind of, of weak thing, it's not. Paul had in mind a military um, when he was writing this. It's a military term that in order for an, an army to advance and conquer its enemy, it's gotta have a commanding officer and its troops. There has to be a leader and there has to be a follower. And the same is true in our marriage relationships. There has to be a leader and there has to be a follower. And God's word has a design and a plan where the husband is the leader and the wife is the follower. And we have to learn to start fighting for one another, not against one another. Another theologian, he defines um, submission as having a disposition to yield and an inclination to follow your husband's God-given leadership. So, so women, I want you to do something that's gonna be, might be a little uncomfortable for y'all. Okay, I want you to think in your head, um, if you were to ask your husband to rate you on a scale of one to 10, with one being like not very good and 10 being rock star, um, where, where would you fall in your, your disposition to yield and your inclination to follow your husband's leadership? Yeah, that's kind of like an ouch. Can we just move on from, from this rating? Because um, I don't want to be rated on that. Uh, but just be thinking, okay, where am I at? How good am I at at following my husband's leadership? Did you know that, that in this passage of scripture that, that Paul addresses the wives first? Because a husband, he cannot lead a woman when, when she doesn't wanna follow him, all right? So wives, we have to get this down first. We have to have this voluntary attitude of giving in. We have to have this heart of submission so that our husbands can lead us um, where God wants him, him to lead us. So we've gotta understand that, that submission, it is a beautiful thing. But before we can see the beauty of it, we have to see how our world has hijacked th this, this word of submission, okay? There's this world's idea of submission and then there's God's view of submission. All right, so, so let's talk about what submission is not at first. Okay, submission is definitely not easy. Can I get an amen, women? Okay, yeah, amen, yeah, it, it's difficult, all right? Um, it is very, very 
very challenging. And I need to confess that, that as I'm up here, I'm not the best at this. I am a work in progress because I still have that, that independent um, heart that wants things done my way and I wanna be in control. It is a battle that I wage war with on a daily basis and I pray every day that God let me die to my old nature of control and let me live in the newness of, of the spirit inside me of surrender and submission to, to God, number one, and then to my husband, number two. And so after, after I got married, the curse of Eve became really real to me. It was like this like light that went boom, it just switched on in my life and I didn't know what's going on inside of me. And uh, Pastor Phil, he talked about this last week. And so if you missed last week, go to our website and listen, because um, he did a phenomenal job explaining um, all this stuff in, in more detail. But it says in Genesis 3.16, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So desire is like, I want to dominate, okay? And there are two common everyday places where this desire comes for me. It is in the car and it is in the kitchen, all right? Come on, ladies, I know, I know. You, you feel me up here. And so, for example, this is, this is how Chad drives, or this is how I drive. So I drive like this, you know, both hands on the wheel, looking at the mirrors, making sure all the cars are doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm more of like a proactive driver, right? And then Chad gets in the car, he drives a little different. He's got like the one hand on the wheel and he's like looking around at everything around him, not on the road. And so when I get in the car with him and we're, we're driving along, how's your day? You know, and then the car starts breaking in front of us and I'm looking and he's like, yeah, it's been good. Like the car. And you know, and I just feel compelled, you know, out of the, the goodness of the helper that I am to help him drive. And, and you know, he doesn't like it very much. All the help that I give him feels so underappreciated. Um, but, but, but for real, ladies, like it is never ends well when we tell our husbands how to drive, right? Or, or in the kitchen, okay, I'm kind of particular about certain things. Um, and so, you know, my husband is in the kitchen, we're cooking together, you know, but he's taking care of the potatoes and I'm kind of like, okay, there's kind of like a bruise, there's a bad spot on that potato or you miss some of that skin there. And I start to get over controlling of how the potatoes are being peeled, right? And, and so um, that, that doesn't end well either. And so what I have to do is, here's my control in the kitchen in the car, and I just have to go, because you know what? He is a grown man, and he is fully capable of driving a car and cooking in the kitchen, right? And it doesn't have to be my way. And so control, ladies, I just want you to do this. This is going to feel really good. Okay, y'all ready to do this? And then go like that. Ah, oh, did that not that did that not feel good? All right, men, don't don't say amen right now, okay? You, men, mm -mm. not a good not a good time to be amen and um, in the message. So, these are just a few minor issues that I have. But here's the problem with these minor things: they become a grind in a relationship. So if it happens like every once in a while, not a big deal. They, husbands can tolerate that. But when it becomes like consistent day in, day out, that daily grind is gonna break the intimacy that you have in your marriage. And then this husband control and this husband wanting to dominate your husband, it has a more serious side. Like when Chad and I first got married, I became extremely jealous and I wanted to control everything about him. And this was so not healthy for, for our relationship. But praise be to Jesus that, that he revealed that to me and he granted me repentance and Chad and I could grow into a healthy relationship. So, so something that I have learned, okay, through studying God's word and through walking out God's word, something that I have learned is that submission 
is beautiful and God commands it, but it is not easy and it's not always fun, but believe me, it is always, always worth it. So secondly, submission is not being inferior in any way. God didn't make men better than women, okay? We're equal in value. It says in Genesis 1:27 that God created the male and female in his own image. We both have a value that is huge and God loves both men and women so much, but he gave us different roles. Men in Ephesians 5 are called to lead and women are called to submit. And so what happens if we start believing this lie that, that, that we're inferior, it's gonna cause us to wanna be competitive and compete with our men. And that, that does not ever end well either. Eric Metaxas, he, he wrote lots of books, but two books of his that I've read are Seven Men and Seven Women. And it's these short biographies about seven great men and women in, in our history. And when he went to start writing the Seven Women book, he started asking his friends, hey, what women should I write about? And um, a lot of his friends started saying, well, you should write about this woman because she was the first woman to do this thing that a man had done. And he was like, that doesn't make a woman great when she can do something that a man can do. What makes a woman great is when she operates in the beautiful design and the purposes that God has for her. He said that, that for the reasons that derive precisely from their being women, not in spite of it, God created us women with a beautiful design. And when we try to be like men, then there's this huge hole of the design that God has for us. And so we've gotta die to this competition and just be proud to be women. Like, I love how Elizabeth says, just let me be a woman. That's all I wanna be. I wanna be who God has called me to be because he has a purpose for you women and we need y'all operating in your God-given purposes. Submission does not mean that the man makes all the decisions. So submission is not men just barking out orders and we're just coming to every beckoning call. Okay, that's not submission. Men and women, we value each other's opinions and we ask each other your opinions. And so how this plays out in our relationship is that I make a lot of the daily decisions, where we're gonna buy our groceries, what we're gonna put our girls in, clothing-wise. And Chad has learned through the years that he can trust me to make these daily decisions that I'll be wise in our money and wise in what I choose, so he doesn't have to micromanage all those decisions. But here's the deal, I still ask him his opinion, because what do I do? I value his opinion. Hey Chad, is there anything in particular that you wanna eat this week? Or what do you think about these shoes? Because I wanna hear what he has to say. And then Chad, he, he, is, um, he is held accountable for our directional decisions. So he makes those directional decisions in our lives. But just because, because God has given him authority and he is held accountable for how he leads our family. But just because he makes those directional decisions, it doesn't mean he asked me, he doesn't ask me my opinion. So once again, husbands value their wives' opinions and they wanna know their thoughts. But at the end of the day, it's ultimately his decision, and then I submit to the decision that he makes. So for example, when um, we were pursuing the job opportunity here, we, we came up here, visited, we prayed about it, got godly counsel on it, and um, at, at the end of the day, we're like, you know what, we're, we're not gonna move up there, we're gonna, we're gonna stay here, um, where we're at in Louisiana. 
But then after several weeks, you know, I started, uh, we just kept both pursuing the Lord. And I was like, you know what, Chad? I really feel like God is leading us to move to Lee Summit, um, Missouri. And it confirmed what God had been telling him. So he called back up here and, and here we are, you know, almost three years later. And, and so we're so thankful to be here. Um, and, and Chad, once again, he listened to my input, but he ultimately made the decision. And I could trust his decision because I knew that he was following God so I could follow him here. And so, so husbands, it really helps us wives when you're making this like directional decision. It helps us when we see you like daily reading God's word and meeting with, with godly men to get that wise counsel. So we can trust when you're making this directional decision that you're making it based upon godly wisdom. And then it also helps us wives whenever we see you daily sacrificing for our family and loving our family so that you're make, we can trust that you're making this directional decision out of what's best for us as a family, not just out of, out of selfish reasons. And, and, but at the end of the day, women, whenever the man makes the, the directional decision, that means we, we follow and we support it. Uh, submission is not following your husband into sin. So, so when Paul is talking about in Ephesians 5, wives submit to your husbands in everything, that everything does not include sin. So we don't follow our husbands into sin. It says in Acts 5, 29, that we ought to obey God rather than men. So God is our ultimate authority. Um, but whenever we don't follow them into sin, we need to make sure that we do that kindly and respectfully. So watch your tone, watch your attitude and your actions in that, in that moment. Um, submission is not tolerating abuse or violation of the law. Now, now the stats on abuse are so heartbreaking. And, and if that is you in here today, I, I am so sorry that you endured this, um, that you have gone through this, because that is not God's plan at all. And so if you are in an abusive situation, then I pray that God gives you boldness and courage to get out of that situation. Come talk to a counselor up here afterwards or find one of our staff members up here in the story room or, or call the church office um, so that you can get the help that you need and you can find the healing um, that God wants to give you. Uh, it, it is not more godly to stay in an abusive relationship. Get freedom and get out and get healing. Amen. And then finally, submission is not conditional. This is the hardest one for, for me to, to walk out. So many times we think wrongly, we think, well, you know what? I'll start submitting when he starts sacrificing. It's not a conditional thing. God has called you to submit to your husband and it doesn't matter what your, what your husband is doing, right? Unless he's asking you to sin or unless he's abusing you. But we, we obey God. He's the one giving this command. Some of you may be thinking, well, well, Chelsea, you know what? My husband isn't even a Christian or my husband claims to be a Christian, but he's not really leading our family according to, to God's word or, or you, don't, you just don't understand my situation. And you're right. There's a lot of complicated situations out there that, that I fully don't understand, but I can point you to God's word and, and let's see what he says. It says in 1 Peter um, chapter 3, verses one through two, wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands. Let's just take a break right here. Okay, so Ephesians was written by Paul, and so Paul was saying, wives submit to your husbands. Now we're, we jumped over to 1 Peter, and it was written by Peter. 
And Peter's saying the same thing. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Wow, you know, we can't get around this, ladies. It's in, the, it's in the word of God, all right? It says that we submit to them that even if some do not obey the word, this is talking about the husbands, that they, without a word, that your husbands could be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. This is talking about the fear of the Lord there. And so Peter is saying that we submit to our husbands, whether they're Christian or non-Christian. And what, and even by our submissiveness to our husbands, that could be what God uses to turn our husbands back to God. So many times we as women, we think we can change our husbands using our words, but a lot of times our words are ineffective for changing people. But what God's word says right here is that that through our loving, gracious submission to our husbands and our pure lifestyles and reverence to the Lord, that can be pretty powerful in changing our husbands. So if we say that we love God, but we don't obey God, it's kind of confusing to our husbands. If we claim something, then we have to, to live according to what we claim to believe. Our submission is not conditional. But like I said earlier, submission is not easy, it's hard. So we need the power of God in our lives. So this is what happened in, in, my, in my life when, when my feelings are raging, you know, and I'm like, I don't wanna submit, so I'm not gonna submit. Well, I can't do that, you can't follow your feelings. And so in those moments, okay, when my independence is crying out, I wanna tell my husband what to do, this is what I do, I pray to God and I say, I'm dead to that. I am dead to that, whether I feel like it or not. Because the truth of the matter is that when you become a Christian, God, the death that Jesus died on the cross and his resurrection broke the power of sin in your life. And so you have power over the sin of wanting to control your husband. And you gotta claim it in the moment of temptation. And you say, I'm dead to that, whether I feel like it or not. And then you present yourself as alive to God. And you say, God, fill me with your spirit, because on my own of my flesh, I cannot submit. But filled with the spirit, I can do all things through Christ. And so you ask for his spirit to fill you and ask him to help you to be submissive to your husband, right? So, and if, you, and if you're single in here today, all right, this applies to you, all right? I want you to be very wise in who you choose to marry. Be very, very wise. Women, make sure that it's a man that, that's worth submitting to, that you can see yourself submitting under his leadership. And then men, be submitting yourself unto God and be that godly husband who's submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ in your life so the woman will want to follow after you and follow your leadership. So to sum up, submission is not easy. It's not being inferior. It does not mean the man makes all the decisions. It's not following your husband into sin or tolerating abuse, and it's not conditional. So, so now that we've seen what submission is not, okay, I wanna talk about what submission is. This is the exciting part. I'm excited about submission because it's not that bad, is it? it it's, a, it's good. It, it's required by both men and women. Pastor Phil talked about this last week. It says in Ephesians 5:21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And then it says it again in James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God. So everyone here has been called by God to submit your life to, to him. You have a choice though, all right? You can choose to submit 
or you can choose to be independent. Now, if you're like, you know what, I'm gonna do things my own way, ain't no way I'm submitting, okay? Then God is against you. It says he opposes the proud. But on the other hand, if you choose to submit to God, his grace will lavish upon you. He gives grace to the humble. He is for you if you're living a life submitted to him. And so, Submission is a prerequisite for salvation. I'm not talking about like submitting to your husband in this area, I'm talking about submitting to God is a prerequisite for your salvation. I know when I um, surrendered my life to Jesus, it was the summer before I started high school at, at a camp, and my life has never been the same. Like Jesus came in and, and changed me, and he changed my um, I was no longer like worried about pleasing people, but I wanted to please him and his word became alive to me. And can I tell you like, it has been the greatest dance of my lifetime, entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's like the best dance partner ever. And so if you haven't entered into a relationship with him, what are you waiting for? I mean, you're missing out on this whole Jesus thing because it's awesome. It's challenging at times. Oh yeah, and it's hard, but it is so worth it. And so make that happen today. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again and you'll be saved. Some talk to someone afterwards and, and, and get this, this sealed, seal the deal today and submit your life over to Jesus Christ. You will never regret it. And then once you're submitted to God, then you're ready for this beautiful dance of marriage, okay? Um, when Chad and I dance, um, he's also a submitter. You see, he has to submit um, to the rhythm of the music. And Chad has a lot better ear of submitting to music than I do. He grew up in, in a home um, where there was lots of music. I, I don't have any rhythm. And so I have to, the closer I am to him when we dance, the better I am. Um, if I get too far away, I lose the beat. And so he's gotta pull me back in. Um, but, but how awesome is that? Um, men, like a good goal for you to have is to just listen into God's heartbeat and hear God's heartbeat for your marriage and then move your, your wife and lead your wife accordingly. And the closer she is to you, the more she's gonna to hear that heart and y'all can move harmoniously. It's gonna be a beautiful dance of marriage that the world is gonna look like and be like, wow, we want that. That Jesus thing is so cool. Look at them dancing in this marriage thing, God's way. And so that is our goal. And it's so nice when I can see, Chad doesn't just claim to say, you know, I love God, um, come follow me, but I can see it at home. When he comes home from a hard day's work, he gets down with our girls and they do like the washing machine, it's a real fun thing, they get excited, or he helps me out in the kitchen and um, he, I see him praying over our girls. I see him speaking words of life into us and so it's such a blessing to have a husband who is trying to, is he perfect? No, but is he trying? Yes, he, he is trying. And, and so husbands, um, it is a lot easier for us wives to submit to you when you're following God. But it doesn't make it easy. I still have that independent heart. And so I still wrestle every day with submitting to him, even when he submitted to God. It's a battle I still have to wage war against. But it does make it easier. So husbands, help, help your sisters out here, okay? Follow after God, hear God's heartbeat for, for your marriage. It says in 1 Peter 3, verses five through seven, for in this manner in former times, the holy women who trust in God also adorn themselves. Okay, break, so, so we're reading this and we're like, okay, how did all of these holy women in the past, how did they adorn themselves? Was it like Tiffany or was it Prada or Gucci? What was in style back then? That was so eye-catching to everyone. And it says in the Bible, it says, being submissive to their own husbands. Ooh, that wasn't what I was, that's not what I was expecting to read. They were beautiful because they were submissive. Okay, well, that, that's different. But that's because they, they understood that submission was a beautiful, 
girl thing, it's eye-catching. They're like, ooh, look at that girl being submissive over there. Maybe I need to try being submissive so I can be eye-catching too. Like, it's an awesome thing. It says, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. So this is lowercase l, which means like think leader or head. Now, God called Abraham to go to a land where Abraham didn't know where he was going. So as Abraham and Sarah were packing up their, their stuff to go, Sarah's like, well, where are we going, Abraham? I don't know, wherever the Lord takes us. All right, well, let's go. You know, but Sarah, I have like respect for Sarah. She was awesome. Um, but she could follow Abraham because she knew Abraham was following God. And God, God's got it. He's got you. So you don't have to worry. It says, whose daughters you are if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Can I tell y'all, this, this part of this verse has been so foundational in setting me free from different uh, strongholds in my life. Um, but it says that we need to do what is right and not give way to fear. I feel like this is kind of the heart of some of our problems with submission. We start to get fear and anxiety and we're like, well, if I submit, then what's gonna happen? I'm losing control, what happens? And so this fear and this anxiety, it keeps us from submitting to our husbands. And you know what, that's exactly where Satan wants you. If that is you today, then Satan's winning because he doesn't want you to submit because he knows how that's gonna bless a marriage and cause y'all to have this beautiful dance over here. And so we've gotta not give way to fear. We gotta say, I'm dead to that fear. No more, I'm gonna do what is right. I'm gonna believe that God's word is true because it's an all or nothing kind of deal. I'm gonna believe all of God's word and apply it to my life and trust God to take care of me as I walk in obedience. Then it says, husbands likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. And so husbands, y'all are called to be sensitive to our needs. Now we're pretty needy, and so I'm sorry um, that that's part of what y'all gotta do. Um, but, but be sensitive to our needs and then giving honor to us. So you die to yourself and you put your wife before yourself to be obedient to God. So I love what, what Pastor Phil said last week. He said that husbands submit to the wife's need and then wives submit to their husband's lead. That's a, that's a great, great way of putting it. So when Chad and I dance, is sometimes thrilling yet scary when he's twirling me around. I'm like, am I gonna find it back or am I just gonna keep going over here? But I can trust when he twirls me that he's gonna pull me back in again to find the rhythm because I trust the hand that's holding me. And the same is true in, in your marriage. You can submit and not be scared and it's gonna be the thrill of submitting. Sometimes it's that feeling of loss of control, but it's okay because you trust the hand that's holding you is gonna pull you back in and you're gonna find the rhythm again. So next, submission is a way to love God. Have y'all ever taken those um, love language quizzes? There's like five love languages. Chad and I have this, um, it's a couple adventure challenge book. I feel like I get that wrong every time. But um, it's where you scratch off like a date idea. It's super fun. And so this past week, we scratched off our date idea and it said to take a love language quiz and see what your top love languages are and then plan a date according to your love languages. And so um, we took the quiz and our top two love languages are physical touch 
touch and words of affirmation. And so we planned a date where we were gonna take swing dance lessons. We just went on YouTube, you know, after the kids went to bed in our living room, we got YouTube up on their swing dance lessons, which is very challenging. I don't know if any of y'all swing dance, but way to go if you do. We uh, need lots more lessons than that. We got the two-stepping thing down, but the whole swing dancing thing, not so much. But we had a great time laughing at each other and um, failing in our swing dancing, but it was still fun. And then we did, um, wrote encouraging notes and did like a little scavenger hunt afterwards, okay? Um, But can y'all guess what God's love language is? It's obedience. Sometimes I wish it was like a little easier one, um, not not obedience, Um, but, but that's his love language. It says in 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome to us. I love how it fits that afterwards because it's kind of like overwhelming when you start thinking about, okay, God's love language is obedience. Oh, that's a lot. That's kind of burdensome, but it's not. There's this freeing disposition when you walk according to God's commands and according to his ways. They are not burdensome. So to love God is to obey God and to obey God is to submit to your husbands because that's what God's word says. So let's reverse that. If you don't submit to your husbands, then you're not obeying God and you're not loving God. So, does the way you submit to your husband reveal your your love of God? I know for me in my life, a lot of times when I'm wrestling with submitting to my husband, I'm actually wrestling with submitting to God and, and his authority. When you become a Christian, you have to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And that's for an eternity. And that, that means you have to submit to his authority in your life in the present. And we've gotta believe that Ephesians 5.22, why submit to your husbands and everything is God's plan. And it's a beautiful design. But what happens is that so many women will rebel against that. It's like, man, I'll take some of this other scripture, but I'm gonna skip over that one. And I'm gonna come take this one over here. It's not a buffet. It's an, it's an all thing, all right? We take all of God's word and we've gotta apply it. So when we don't submit to our husbands, we are in rebellion against God. And that's not a good place to be in. And so check your heart this morning, okay? I've had to do this in my own life and it's hard. I've been in rebellion against God because I haven't wanted to submit against Chad. But God granted me repentance. And this huge repentance thing is to change your mind. If you claim to be a Christian, you've gotta wrestle with what God's word says. And you can't deny the fact that God's word says to submit to your husband. And so we've gotta repent. Some of us need to go home and we need to fall on our knees before God and confess our sin of not, of not submitting to our husbands. And then we need to go to our husbands and we need to apologize to them and ask them to forgive us for the wrong we have done to them. And this is right where God wants you. He wants to do great things in your life. But if you're walking in rebellion against him, he can't do those great things in your life. But once you repent, man, it's gonna be times of refreshing. You're gonna feel his spirit fill you to overflowing. You're gonna have times of refreshing in your marriage. We all need refreshing in our marriage. And sometimes we start thinking, well, if I, I know why I'm gonna do that because it's his fault over there. You know what, you gotta take ownership for what you have done wrong. And it just might happen that when you confess your sin and apologize to your husband, it'll give him the opportunity to confess his sin and open up to you and apologize for the things that he's done wrong as well. My hope and prayer is that times of refreshing can come in our marriages today as we respond to what God's word calls us to do. Satan wants to tap in and he wants to destroy your marriage. He wants you to stand strong and independent and not apologize. 
But if we will humble ourselves and do what God's word said, Satan will have no place in your marriage because he ain't got room to be there. So let, repent, humble yourself and repent and say you're sorry and let God's presence fill you. Return to God. Submission is for the wives to willingly offer. Remember our definition, it's a voluntary attitude of giving in. And it's not contingent upon your husband's personal worthiness or his spiritual condition. We obey God and we're held accountable to him. Submission is setting your husband up for success. So there's, there's two questions that, that I ask um, uh, myself to see if I'm helping set Chad up for success. Um, one is, how can I set up a garden of Eden at my home? Do you know this word Eden? It means delight. And so we're called to set up a garden of delight in our homes. It says that a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. So we wanna be women who build our home up and not tear it down. One way that we women tear our, our homes down is by nagging. We tear it down with our words. So many times um, when I start nagging Chad, man, it shuts him down. And I don't, won't ever get the words of affirmation or the love that I'm wanting because I have shut my husband down by my own words. That word nag, N-A-G, never any good. We've gotta get rid of the nagging. Easy way to remember that, right? It says in Proverbs 21, 19, it's better to dwell in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Maybe, maybe your husband is passive and withdrawn because you nagged him to death five years ago in your marriage. Or maybe your husband is so busy and he's got all these hobbies that he's doing because he doesn't wanna come home because all you're gonna do is nag him to death. So he's busying his schedule up. We have got to repent of our nagging women. It is so destructive. And if you got kids at home, they're watching it all. And so may God press into our hearts and may we repent of the way we have used our mouths. And instead of nagging, let us encourage our husbands and lift them up and be their little cheerleaders. We got a little cheer at our house that says, Chad, Chad, you are rad. Chad, Chad, you make us glad. Okay, you gotta cheer them on, girls. You come up with your own cheer, I don't know. Or maybe you're musical and you can sing a song. I'm not musical, so I can't sing, but we can cheer, all right? So use your mouth to encourage and to bless your husband. I, I love how Pastor Philly says, initially a man is drawn to a woman by what she looks like. But you know what? He stays around because of how she makes him feel. How do you make your husband feel? Does he feel like a champ? Does he feel valued and loved and respected? And if not, then what do you need to change women, wives, to make your husbands feel that way? A second question I ask is, what can I do in public that will edify my husband? We've gotta speak highly. It says in Proverbs 31, 23, that her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. In order to speak highly of our husbands, we've gotta think highly of him in the private. And when we're dating, all we can think about is how awesome this guy is. We don't care about his negative because we're just so starstruck by how awesome he is. When we get married, it switches. And all we can tend to focus on is the negative. We forgot about the positive. Every man has something positive about him. So women, whenever that negative thought comes in, take it, chunk it out the door. You ain't got time to waste on negative. We gotta be focusing on the positive and cheering our husbands on for their positive traits. Submission is supporting the calling of your marriage. This, I'm just gonna go over this real fast. God brought y'all together to do something great for his kingdom that you couldn't do separated. 
How can God use y'all to advance His kingdom? Matthew 28 says that we need to be evangelizing and making disciples. And we also need to be serving our active church. We need y'all to be serving. So as we wrap up today, may we be women who are defined by the Word of God and not by the world. May we be women who are not defined by our culture, but by Christ. And as we submit to Jesus, may His presence fill us and may it change the atmosphere in our home, change the atmosphere in our churches and change the atmosphere in our city. We've got to have the Holy Spirit filling us and be doing what God's Word tells us to do. If you're married in here, I want you to take your husband's hand or wife's hand and I want y'all to hold hands. There, there's scientific research that says when couples hold hands, that, that, that it can help reduce pain and, and that it puts your heartbeat and your breathing rate in sync. How cool is that? And so this whole hand-holding thing, when was the last time you held hands with your husband or wife? I'd love to hold Chad's hand, but I know um, a lot of times since we've had kids or we, we have all their stuff, I mean, we don't hold hands as much as we used to just because we're, we've gotten distracted and they're not bad things, they're good things. But that's a picture of what happens in this beautiful dance called marriage. We get busy with stuff. And so we're not moving in harmony as much because we're not as connected. And so as you're, you're holding your spouse's hand, may this be a picture of your commitment to the dance of marriage. Husbands, may you reach out to your wife and say, take my hand and I'm sorry for my selfishness. Take my hand and follow me as I follow Christ. Take my hand and pray for me as I pray for you. Take my hand and let's serve together and push back the darkness in this world. And then wives, as your husband is asking you to follow him, may you grab that hand and cherish that hand. And may you apologize for the way that you've nagged him or that you've not submitted to him. May we be women who voluntarily give in to our husband's leadership. May you take your husband's hand and encourage him and be his little cheerleader. I pray that you would grab your husband's hand and follow him in this sweet and adventurous dance of marriage to God's glory. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you are awesome. And thank you for your beautiful design of marriage. God, I pray that every couple in here God, that, that forgiveness would, would pour forth, God, that they would admit their wrongs to each other and that times of refreshing can come. God, that healing can come in marriages, whether they're in a great spot or maybe they had an awful fight this weekend. God, I pray that the couples will, the husbands will say, take my hand and the wives will, will respond and grab their husband's hand. God, and bring healing where it needs to come and raise up these couples to be mighty examples of the gospel of you, Jesus Christ, so that we can make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Did Chelsea do good? <laughs> Glory be to God. Thank you, Chelsea. I could have never said it better. Chelsea, thank you. What a great, great job today. Now, ladies, listen, today was mostly for you because that was the passage. Next week is for the men. So I'm telling you, Ladies, do not let your husbands miss next week. I am coming loaded, <laughs> loaded. 
Guys, we love you a bunch. Before you leave, there's these little dating cards. You can get one in the foyer, just kind of a date night ideas. Make sure you grab one. Take your wife on a date, gentlemen. Ladies, grab your husband, say, hey, darling, let's go do this this week. It will be fun. You'll be glad you did. There's a whole bunch of men and women right here to minister to you. As others are going that way, some of you ought to come this way because we love you and we're praying for you. God bless you. God go with you.